Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess is driving back from the doctor's appointment. He's getting better every day. Thank you, Jesus. He'll be joining me the second segment when we have Father Chad Ripperger joining us on a video on communism. Today's going to be a great day because it's St. Faustina's feast day. We're going to talk about what we all want to talk about, heaven, the four last things. Yes, all that. So that'll be good. We're also going to talk about some scandalous things that are going on in the church. Why? To expose them for <clears throat> that they will do much better in the future because an Italian bishop is attending inauguration ceremony for a new Masonic temple. Now, when you know what the church teaches about Masons and Freemasonry, it's not compatible with the Catholic faith. So we want to expose this and say, hey, knock it off, please. We want you to you know, do better than that. Then I said the second segment we'll get Father Chad Ripperger is a segment on communism and spiritual warfare. Uh, and then I think we're going to also uh, point out what Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's on our show every Tuesday, uh, out of the 300 bishops, one bishop condemned the FBI raid on a pro-life Catholic father, Mark Huck. Bishop Strickland didn't even know the man, but when he heard about it, he right away went out and spoke out in support of this man and condemned the FBI and the administration from the Biden administration. Uh, why does he do that? He's just going to get himself in trouble. You know why? I know, because I, I know him well now after several years of doing shows, because the truth is what he promotes in season and out. So this is, and then of course we have the update on the church militant news coming up on the last segment, because it's Wednesday. So stay with us and put your seatbelt on. I'm going to now uh, read from the Gospel of Luke and move quickly because I want to cover so much today. There's more than what I can do because uh, I can't get to my Bishop Athanasius Snyder article. We'll do that tomorrow. So today's feast, St. Uh, St. Uh, Faustina. But before we do that, uh, the Gospel of Luke, it's short and it's all about prayer. Uh, it's the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us our day, our daily bread. Forgive us of our, us of our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. Why I say this is such a beautiful statement, because, you know, if one doesn't pray, people can say, well, why pray? Well, why breathe? Prayer is essential for any committed follower of Christ. It's called a communion with God. And even with my grandson staying with me right now, when I say my morning prayers, if he gets up early like he did today, I put him in my lap and I read the prayers that I'm reading. And I'm giving him an example of why we're praying these prayers. Now, he's not going to pick up on all of it. But you know what he's picking up on? That prayer is important in grandpa's life. And it should be important for him. So when we talk about prayer, we have to pray the family rosary. Show mom, show the kids. Dad's leading that prayer. Because prayer is important. All right, let's bring quickly the Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh, full Sheen ahead. Put your seatbelt on. Here it comes. Bishop Sheen says, Hell is a place where there is no love. For God is love. Bishop Sheen says the souls in hell hate themselves most for wounding perfect love. It is not that God would not forgive them. It is rather that they will not forgive themselves. 
The evil person incessantly wants to recast of values. I'll read that again. The evil person incessantly wants to recasting of values. Anybody who's wanting to recast things like, oh, abortion saying, let's recast that, those values. Abortion is not wrong. Or homosexuality, let's recast that, Father James Martin. Now, I didn't say it. Bishop Sheen says those people are evil. Prelates in the church who are recasting values on Hermana Vitae. They're evil. That's what Bishop Sheen says, and I believe him. And I think that this is so appropriate because our feast is on the day of St. Faustina, who really and uh, you know, died in 1938 on this day. What was her message? That God's wrath is coming no matter when you die. That's God's wrath, his judgment, and that we need to entrust uh, ourselves to Jesus Christ by asking for forgiveness. Because, you know, the mercy doesn't come, as like Bishop Sheen says, unless you ask for it. I'm Right now, I just set up a funeral in our chapel. Man was 41 years old. He was murdered, right? Shot to death. Got another funeral in the afternoon after that. I have no idea what comes on there. But I pray for these people. We have hundreds of funerals a year at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We reach out. We pray. For the, every one of these guys or girls are having a judgment. Yeah, because the end of their life. I have no idea what the circumstances with him being murdered, but I can pray for him and then trust him to God. This is what we need to do every single day. All right, we've got a few more minutes here because I, I sped it up pretty quick. Uh, I want to just say that uh, we're going to have Father Chad Ripperger on the second segment, but there's the Italian bishop who attended this inauguration ceremony for this new uh, Masonic temple. Uh, you know, this is the Grand Master expressed typical anti-clerical sentiments at the event and attacked what he called the domination of the church in Italy. So here we are going to this event, and uh, the bishop says, well, I was doing it as I was invoking the senatorial path to evangelize. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> September 27th, the bishop of the Diocese of Torini, Francisco Antonio Sudo, together with numerous city government officials, as well as leaders and members of Italian Masonic lodges attended the blue ribbon cutting for their Masonic house. Now, I, I just got to say, the, the, uh, the message of, you know, that says that we can nature dialogue, comparison of different realities, defeating prejudices. This is what this guy is saying. He said, the Grand Master, in his keynote address, expressed typical Masonic anti-clerical sentiments praising the secular state as the one and only grantor of freedom and voicing the hope that September 20th would be restored as a holiday in the celebration of the liberation of Italy from the domination of the church. And we're there going, oh yeah, man, we're here for you. What? Today, uh, he's declared, in the past, our goal has always been the same, to celebrate all the battles of freedom, starting with the one in 1870, when we put an end to the domination of the church, favoring the birth of free and a secular Italy. So he get rid of the church. Oh, yeah, we're there for that. What? Responding to the indignation among the Catholic faith sparked by the bishop's presence and the Masonic uh, you know, uh, ceremonies, uh, these statements defending the prelate's attendance, stating that the faithful had deliberately misunderstood and misinterpreted my presence. He said, it wasn't intended to identify with Freemasonry, but to witness to the gospel. 
Well, not a really good way of witnessing to the gospel, in my opinion. The ceremony was witnessing, uh, you know, that uh, Freemasonry is the answer to the meaning and purpose of life. Now, in response, uh, Professor R Roberto de Monti published a reply reminding the faithful of the church's continuation of condemnation of any and all involvement to Freemasonry. This is what the church teaches, Bishop. You might not know that. And the penalty of excommunication for any Catholic who joins the ranks. That's still holding. I'll tell you what year it was redone again, just to re remind people. So he drew the attention to the fact that the secular relativism lies at the heart of Freemasonry, making it utterly incompatible with the profession of the Catholic faith. And he offers some more comments, you know, basically pointing out that the condemnation of Freemasonry has never been abolished. The sacred congregation for the doctrine of faith. Mark your calendar. Put your, your little card up and in and, and a document dated November 26th. I remember that. 1983 stated that the church's negative judgment regarding Freemasonry associations remain unchanged, right? Since their participation has always been considered irreconcilable with the doctrine of the Catholic Church and therefore membership remains forbidden. The faith who belong to Masonic associations are in the state of grave sin. That's called mortal sin and cannot have access to Holy Communion. Um, Bishop, what the heck are you doing there? And then he applies it to every Freemasonry group, rather, you know, all different types from 19, 1717 when it started. And, you know, basically, uh, the professor points out that the Catholic Church is against this. He said, remember, and he reminded the bishop of his task. The task of a pastor is to save the souls of his flock, not to lead them to apostasy. Therefore, St. Alphonsus Liguria, doctor, doctor of the church, explains, if a bishop is neglecting about his health of his, of his sheep, he will be reprobate in the tribunal of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's going to hell is what the saint said. This is unfortunately in the path of this bishop in Italy. He set himself as a participant in the inauguration of a grand uh, opening of a grand, ma grand master of Italian Freemasonry. What can we do in the face of such serious events, if not openly denounce it, and pray for intervention of divine providence, and put an end to these scandals that are multiplying itself in Italy? I would add one more thing. Reparation! How do we do that? By offering all our sacrifices to God in, in the sense of the church to get away from compromise. Because compromise is the language of the devil. So what can we do as, as people listening to this show? We can make little sacrifices so that we can stop this because God hears our prayers. Reparation, reparation. Because we're living in these times where there's so much scandal in the church. That's what we can do. And remember what our friend Cardinal Seurat said, Christ is distressed to see and hear priests and bishops who ought to be protecting the integrity of of the teachings of the gospel and of the doctrine, multiply words and writing that weaken the rigid, uh, the rigidness of the gospel by the deliberately ambiguous, confusing statements. That's what we're praying with Cardinal Seurat to stop in the Catholic Church. When we come back, Father Chad Ripperger will be with us. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. I believe I've got my brother Jesse driving back from the doctor's office. Are you there, Jess? I'm here, 
reporting for duty. I love it, Jess. You're always, I tell everybody, man, when if it, Jesse ever has to go to the hospital, he'll be doing the radio show from the hospital bed reporting for duty. God love you, brother. <laughs> Jesse, you, you picked this uh, segment from Father Chad Ripperger on spiritual warfare and communism. And I want to play the clip, but there's a reason you did that, and I want to hear about it right after this clip. Let's play the clip, Mr. Engineer. Okay. Demons love to cause others to suffer because misery loves company, as well as envy of other people's goods. In other words, demons demons cause us suffering for two reasons. One is because they're miserable and they don't want anyone else to, they don't want to be around somebody who's happy. It's the same, we, human beings are not that different in the respect that if we're not feeling well and someone comes in and they are all uh, giddy and chipper and happy, and there's a, a dissonance that it causes in us in being around them. But the other part of it is, and so they want their company. They want to feel like everyone, since everyone else is suffering, they don't feel so bad about their suffering. And also envy. They want other people's goods. They want, they don't want other people to have these things that are good. In fact, envy is a vice in which an individual desires the good of another to the degree that the other person is made bereft of that good. And so that's their goal is to take it from them so that they actually end up having it. And if they can't have it, they still don't want the other person to have it either. They also have no difficulty in using the sufferings of others to benefit themselves when they have absolutely no compassion for people who suffer. Demons don't care about your suffering. They will even attack when you're suffering the most. In fact, that's usually when they're suffering because they also know that when you're suffering the most is when you're the weakest. In the end, it's all about power for them. They don't care at the fact that they victimize the innocent, the powerless, the people who are suffering. In fact, they look for those kind of people and prey on them because it empowers them. Because ultimately, they want to empower themselves against you or over you. Communists are very similar. They have no problem making your life miserable or even intentionally causing people suffering. Paul Kangor in The Devil and Karl Marx recounts a suffering of Richard Rombrandt, which I think is worth reading. I'm just going to read this section to give people a sense of this is how communists function. To that end, Marx and Satan is the unapologetic title of a decidedly politically incorrect look at the life of Karl Marx by the late Richard Rombrandt, who spent 14 years imprisoned behind the Iron Curtain for his opposition to atheistic communism. The, Roman, the Romanian pastor was brutally tortured with what he described as little demonic zeal, so horrible, so unthinkably cruelly, with such diabolic imagination by his Marxist captors that the good reverend can be forgiven for any hyperbole and for sensing that the dark spirit of the devil himself seemed to be oozing out of his tormentors. Quote, All the biblical descriptions of hell and the pains of Dante's Inferno are nothing in comparison with the tortures of communist prisons, unquote, stated Wombrand, in his international bestseller, Tortured for Christ. He recalled of his captors, quote, I have seen communists whose faces, while torturing believers, shone with rapturous joy. They cried out while torturing the Christians, We are the devil. He remembered one torturer saying, I thank God, in whom I don't believe, that I have lived to this hour, when I can express all the evil in my heart, unquote. So this gives us a sense of the type of attitude that communists have towards suffering. 
They have no problem making other people suffer to achieve their ends. They have no compassion for the very people that they are claiming that they are helping. If, if socialists and communists, especially so among the young, honestly believe that ushering in communism is going to bring in a golden age, they are sorely mistaken. Wow, very succinct, huh, Jesse? Yeah, Terry, the reason I picked that little segment is because it's very relevant to the United States right now because oh, yeah. what we're seeing right now is the infiltration of communism uh, through one party. It's, it's an, uh, they're, they're called the DSA, Democrat Socialists of America, and they're part of the Democrat Party. Yeah. And, uh, and you'll see when they implement their ideas, people suffer. What do I mean? Inflation, gas prices, uh, endless wars in the Middle East uh, and, 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 and other places, uh, you know, uh, experimenting with our kids' education, CRT, 1619 Project, um, experimenting with our kids' body with, with mutilation and transgender surgeries. Right. Terry, wherever communism is implemented, and it's been implemented in the United States the last two years, people suffer. Yep. That's the point. And, and Father Ripperger makes a connection that, again, uh, the pattern or the behavior of demons and communists are completely congruent. Yep. Yep. Well, that makes sense. You know, Jesse, I just saw a video of a North Korea girl who escaped North Korea. She's in America, and you can just Google her on YouTube. She's telling us, warning America, a very similar thing that Father Chad said, and that is, <clears throat> America, wake up. What they're saying is, I want you to know how North Korea became communist. The government said, we, we will provide all the food, your housing, everything you need. You just have to give up your rights for everything. And those people said yes. And she's saying, America, don't let communism take over America. And Father Chad Ripperger is pointing that out. And, you know, one more thing about communism that Father Chad was talking on the spiritual side. Look at the, look at the evil that communism has actually had been attributed to, all the deaths that have taken place. Yesterday I gave you that story in the Ukraine, 1937, a little girl in a wheelchair getting people to pray the rosary in her home, and she dies a martyr for the faith because the communists said, hey, you can't do that. There is no God. And I love when, when they asked this little girl to a communist, what are you going to do when we kill you? Who's going to replace you? And her response was very confident. She said, someone else who believes in God will take my, will take my spot. Jesse, this is what evil is out. And in communism is evil. That's as simple as I can say it. Uh, Terry, we... we Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, yeah. he's, also, he's also said several times that there's, there's two offices that protect the free world. Yep. He says the office of the President of the United States yep. protects us against the Antichrist yep. and against uh, the, 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 the New World Order. And he says the office of the papacy yeah. also is an office of protection against the Antichrist. And against the new, and the new world order, Archbishop Vigano says that those offices right now are not protecting us. That's the danger that we find ourselves in: is that the two biblical offices 
the papacy and the president of the United States, because all government comes from God, Romans 13, uh, those offices which are meant to, to, to protect us uh, and give us life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, those two offices right now, Terry, have been compromised, and right now uh, those two offices are very friendly with communists, Terry. Well, you know, Cardinal Seurat said a very similar thing uh, in his book uh, from published by Ignatius Press. He said, Christ is distressed to see and to hear priests and bishops who ought to be protecting, what are you talking about, protecting the integrity of the teachings of the gospel and of its doctrine, multiplying words and writing that weaken the rigor of the gospel by their deliberately ambiguous and confusing statements. We're hearing that at the very top of the church. And when Father Chad is pointing that out, and then uh, Archbishop Vigil is saying that, Cardinal Seurat, and another cardinal I'm going to quote, and that's Cardinal Mueller. He's also speaking yeah, up yeah. on this, Jesse. So we're getting Bishop Strickland coming out, <clears throat> saying strong statements on it. And I think that um, as we move along and people their prayers and sacrifices, praying for the church's conversion. And I mean the church's conversion to proclaim the perennial teachings of the church because that's what's going to stop things like, you know, a bishop going to a, a uh, Masonic temple to agree, agree and to you know, be there as a, as a witness for the church when, when in fact, Jesse, he shouldn't be there. See, this is what the communists, the Masons, I believe they're all in bed together to destroy the Catholic Church. Am I onto something? Absolutely. Uh, and, and to prove to you that the U.S. has been the target of communism, yeah. there's a book, it's called uh, The Naked Communist uh, by Leon, I forget his last, he's a Mormon, he wrote yeah. the book. Mm -hmm. He wrote it about 40 years ago, but in there, he, he intercepted documents from the communists, and there are 45 ways that they want to infiltrate the United States of America. Wow. We also know, what was it, Senator Joe McCarthy back in the, what, 60s, 70s? Yeah. He was also warning the Senate, uh, that communists were infiltrating Congress, yep. and they basically demonized Poo -pooed them. They, it, yep. laughed, they yep. laughed at him. They, yep. Yeah, they said, this guy's crazy. This guy's a whack job. Yep. Well, guess what, Terry? He was absolutely right. And then we have another person warning the Catholic Church that communists were infiltrating our church, and that was uh, Bella Dodd in her book, uh, School of Darkness. She wrote a book back in the 50s, yep. early 50s, yep. and she told us that one of the plans of Joseph Stalin was to infiltrate the Roman Catholic seminary. Yeah, and he did. And Bishop Sheen is the person who converted her to the Catholic faith, so this has all been documented. You know, Jesse, sometimes we, we want to uh, not deal with the uh, un inconvenient truth about what's going on in the church because we just don't can't believe it's happening. If you would have told me this 20 years ago, Jess, I would have said, come on, Jess, that's... That's just hyperbole. I mean, can't, that can't be happening. But you know what, Jess? Now that I've been around the block and seeing all of this, we're in the fight of our life right now, and that's why I'm asking our listeners to make reparation for these sacrileges that are going on in the church today. Here, let me give, a, let me give an action item for this second. Good, good. Uh, I'm, asking, I'm asking all our <laughs> listeners to go back to the Leo Nine prayers. There you go. Uh, said after the, uh, after the Latin Mass. Yep, we, they were given to us by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. It's Three Hail Marys, right. the Hail Holy Queen, and then the priest says a prayer, and then you say the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. So lay people, after Holy Mass, do the three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen, and the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. Pope Leo XIII gave us those prayers in that order specifically 
to fight off communism. So if you want the formula for lay people to fight communism, according to Pope Leo XIII, after Mass, daily or Sunday, stop there with your family, get on your knees, three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen, and the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. And we do that at our Sacred Heart Chapel for decades here with Monsignor Harris here at our chapel. So it's important to do that. These are great action items. Jesse, when we come back from the break, we're going to have a comment from Bishop Joseph Strickland uh, regarding the FBI raid on a Catholic pro-life activist, father of seven, Mark Huck, who we know. Stay with us, family, because he's out of 300 bishops. I'd like to say bishops, plural, but it's not. One bishop. And who is it? Our very own Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's part of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Yeah, you know, it's a feather in our cap, but you know what? I can say I wish other bishops would come out. We'll talk about that when we come back, family. Stay with us. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd both be billionaires. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse's driving back in a car. He'll be back in his studio office soon. Jesse, this is so interesting. You know, on our Bishop Strickland Hour that we put on every Tuesday, LifeSite News picks up our, our uh, show every week and plays it on their website, which gives us, you know, great exposure. But on this particular week that's going to play this Tuesday, Bishop Strickland gives his take on last month's FBI raid of a Catholic pro-life activist and father of seven, Mark Huck, and shares some spiritual wisdom. I wish we had more bishops like this. His Excellency calls for an investigation into who authorized the raid and condemns the U.S. government for being way out of bounds. He'll probably get audited for that, Jess. <laughs> it, it sounds like... Oh, yeah, he's going to get... He's going to get a door knock from the IRS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't... He says, it doesn't sound like America at all. He said, that's tragic. He says, here's the man putting his life on the line, putting, obviously, himself at risk, standing for the sanctity of life of the unborn children and being known for his crusade of goodness, life, and love, and the beauty of his life. And here... His life and the life of his children, it's violated. Those children are scared from that event. Bishop Strickland pointed this out. Just isn't it refreshing to hear a successor, the apostle, go after, you know, uh, you know the giant, Goliath, the government, the U.S. government? Yes. Terry, it's, it's very refreshing in one sense, but it reminds me back of the Arian heresy. Oh, yeah. Very few... Uh, bishops yeah. that are willing to step out That's true. and speak truth to power. Uh, I, I wish the article would have said bishops with an yeah. S at the end. Oh yeah, uh, you know, condemn condemn the FBI raid, but it said bishop singular. I know. And uh, I'm telling you, Terry, this uh, uh, the, the Bishop Strickland. I'm telling you, it he's definitely set apart in the U.S. and the U.S. bishops. He's definitely set himself apart uh, from his brother bishops, and all he's doing is exercising his power and authority as a successor of the apostle. He's not even doing anything special. He's doing what a bishop should do, 
but we as Catholics are so like, wow. Yep. The reason we're wowed by his, by his, uh, by his, uh, you know, teaching, governing, and sanctifying is because he's doing what he should do, and 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 the uh, the rest of the bishops. I'm telling you, Terry, uh, it's crickets from their pulpits on these issues, transgender issues, LGBT yeah. issues, abortion issues, FBI raid issues. You're hearing crickets from the other bishops. Yeah, Jesse, I want to tie this in because you weren't on the first segment. And this ties into what Bishop Sheen said uh, with the quote of his. And I want to see if you pick up on what I'm coming where uh, Bishop Sheen's coming on. He says about hell, he said, hell is a place where there's no love. He says, for God is love. The souls in hell hate themselves most for wounding perfect love. It's not that God would not forgive them. It's rather they will not forgive themselves. And this is the statement I want you to comment on, whether it's the bishops or the government. But Bishop Sheen is, is, is basically describing an evil person. He says an evil person insistently wants a recasting of values. Now, Jess, I see that in the government, and I see evil people in the Catholic Church who want to change the values regarding homosexuality, abortion, contraception. What do you think of Bishop Sheen's comments, Jess, your thoughts? Uh, well, I'll tell you, Bishop Sheen was, in my opinion, yeah. What's he your was opinion? Uh, one of the pro- one of the prophets of the 20th century, and his and his comment is spot on. His comment right now yeah. is accurately describes the state of the church and the state of uh, of a lot of our bishops right now. He's accurately describing uh, the state that we live in right now. Well, you know, Jesse, if it wasn't Bishop Sheen, servant of God, saying that. Uh, I think someone would say, oh, come on, that's crazy talk. But I think he is spot on. And I think that we have to acknowledge that we do have evil people in our Catholic Church and that we need to you know, pray for their conversions because we see people in the Church dressed with, with mitres and with you know, bishops and uh, priests who are not teaching the perennial teachings of the Church. And I keep hearing Bishop Strickland continually saying that, hey, um, we got to teach the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church. And, Jesse, why I say this is that's what Pope John XXIII said at the opening of the Second Vatican Council. And i got to say, that, didn't, that memo never got communicated to the bishops there because right after the council, they threw out all these ideas of perennial teachings. As a matter of fact, I won't say who it is, but I know a bishop who was hit by uh, the uh, Nuncio of the America— are you ready for this, guys? Sit, put your seatbelt on. And saying, hey, you got to stop talking about the perennial teachings of the church. There are no perennial teachings of the church. See, that shows me that we have bishops who just don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in the Catholic Church. They believe in some secular institution that changes like the weather. Now, I hate to have to say that, but I'm a witness to this. And I say this to our listeners to show not scandal. Yeah, that's scandalous. But what I'm asking you to do is pray for their conversions because these are men that are in responsible positions. And Jess, they're going to have an exit interview and they're going to be accountable for these actions. Yep, and it, and it's not going to go. It's not going to go well for. No, them. it'd be awful warm. Global warming, baby. Yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you, the devil goes after people that have positions of power because. They can maximize damage in the church and in society. Yeah. Who said that? Father Gabriel Amorth. Yes, he did. He says the devil goes after pe- generals, people of positions with power. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, he goes after all of us with ordinary temptation. Yeah. yeah. 
but he goes after them with big intensity fish. because yeah. he knows he can do a lot of yeah they're big fish they can do a lot of damage yeah and 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 just to show you terry uh the way the devil could get you know uh he can infiltrate and get under the wires yeah. so to speak uh of his enemies think about judas one of the 12 apostles our lord jesus christ who's the son of god he's perfect and sinless he handpicked every one of them himself. Yeah. So he knew everyone in and out. And yet Judas, the Bible says, turned out to be in John 6, 71. Jesus says, did I not pick you the 12? And yet one of you is a devil. Yeah. In, in other words, uh, the fact is the devil can even infiltrate the office of a bishop. Yeah. And we're seeing it right now. You just have, you have that one story that I think you're holding on to. Yeah, I am. Uh, this one tomorrow. bishop that's talking, that, yeah, that's talking about... Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with Freemasonry or something yeah, like that. That's right, Jesse. That, that effect. Yeah. Hey, Jess, one more point. Father Chad Ripperger made a point that, and I, I deal with this. I've got counseling with different people who come to me who are, let's just say, woe is me. They're really down and out, and they feel like you know they're getting attacked by the devil, and they just, they just are real negative type people. You and I both meet people like that. Father Chad Ripperger, yeah. in his statement, said that the devil loves those kind of people because they love misery. And so I always tell people, and correct me if I'm wrong on this uh, spiritual advice, but I've been giving this out for decades. I, don't, I mean, and that is the devil wants you to be feeling depressed. The devil wants you to say, woe is me, and that it's all everybody else's fault. And you, I, I want, he wants you to feel like you're really down and out. And the best way to attack the devil is to stop being that way. Okay, and how do we do that? By turning your life back to Christ and saying, "Jesus, I, I, I accept. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a better attitude and in, in my prayer life. I'm gonna get to the sacraments. I'm gonna have an attitude of gratitude." And that ticks. I, w- I won't use a rough language, but that ticks the devil off when they change their attitude towards life. Is that? Am I onto something? Oh, you're absolutely right. Attitude is everything in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could either be, uh, you know, "Woe is me." Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you, you, you're attractive to an evil spirit when they see that you're melancholy, you you're go. depressed, you're despondent, you have anxiety, you yep. have stress. Yep. You, you, it, it, you're basically you're basically a magnet for demons. You're because those are the people that they're attracted to. Because you know why? Because they're easy. They're an easy. They're a soft target, as they say in the military. They're a soft target. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that demons don't like. Tell me. And we I remember even talking to we talked to Deborah Lipsky years ago. Oh yeah. Former Satanist for seven yeah. years. Yep. And uh, Deborah Lipsky, I remember uh, we had a long conversation. See, she said demons don't like when a person is joyful. Then a person is happy. The word happy in Greek means blessed. Makarios. Yep. yep. When a person's happy, that means you're blessed. When a person is joyful. Uh, look at what, you know, look at like Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. St. Paul locked up in a prison cell. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul and Silas locked up in a prison cell by the Sanhedrin. What do they start doing? They start singing praises and joyful songs to God. Terry, that's spiritual warfare. Exactly. That's the way you take, that's the way you take custody of your intellect. Yep. You take custody of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you don't give the devil a foothold because too many people, through depression, through despondency, anxiety, and stress, which, which are all things that people are imposing on themselves, you're giving the devil a foothold into your life. 
Why don't you really tell me what you think, Jess? No, you're spot on, and that's been my experience. Hey, when we come back from the break, church militant James Fudua will be with us to give us some updates on church militants, a newscast for this evening. I also want to remind everybody that you can still sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Conference March. Bishop, Bishop, Bishop Strickland will be there also with Father Chad Ripper. I don't know if that's ever happened before uh, with Father Chad. I believe it hasn't. And I think it's great to get a bishop and an exorcist together to talk on spiritual warfare. So go to vmpr.org to sign up for that or call us at 877-526-2151. And I want to also take a minute here to just thank all you supporters. We had kind of a slow month last month, so we have a little deficit of about $7,000. And I'm going to tell you, we could fill that up with some donations. And if you'd like to do that, I give my cell number out anytime, 661 972-7872, or you can call the office at 877-526-2151. Yeah, gasoline out here is $8 a gallon, $7, $8 a gallon in California, so I can appreciate times are tough. But uh, if you do, if you have some extra change in your pocket and you'd like to help us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, like I say, go to vmpr.org. You can become a monthly donor at $25 a month, and that helps us pay our monthly bills. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'll say it right now. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Hates The devil hates it. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and I would be billionaires. Take that, Satan. We'll be back with more with the Church Militant Update here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse's not able to come back on the air. We're having some technical there, but the issues. James Fadawa from Church Militant. Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show, brother. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for what you guys are doing. And, and I say this consistently because, to be quite frank, some people misunderstand church militant. What I mean by that, they go, oh, I don't want to hear all this negative stuff. I want to hear about, you know, balloons and banners and, you know, happiness. Well, can I tell you, the happiness comes from knowing Jesus Christ, and that's what you guys teach us on your website with all these great programs. But you also bring us to an awareness of the damage that's going on in the Catholic Church and how we can make reparation for this damage. For example, Today, you've got three stories that tonight you're going to talk about. Can you share a couple of those stories with us? Yeah, Terry. Uh, the first one I have uh, is, is actually hits me quite personally. Uh, I don't know if you know. there's people watching you that grew up uh, watching Scooby-Doo, um, but they have uh, made that woke now. One of the characters, uh, Velma, yeah. is now officially a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So that's just great. And uh, I mean, you know, they, you'll see the video in evening news tonight. It's she sees this character and immediately becomes starry eyed and falls in love. It's a girl character, yeah. not a girl, obviously. Um, but it's just nothing is safe no. from this woke LGBT uh, machine that just consumes and destroys everything it touches. Uh, I'm reading a couple articles, just Googling, you know, Scooby-Doo, looking through the news, and I saw um, the New York Times saying, after decades of dropping hints, Velma is now gay. It's like, decades of dropping hints? 
when I was a kid watching that show, I watched it because, you know, Scooby-Doo the dog is, you know, trying to find the the, the evil mastermind, the monster, whoever sure. it was. Sure. I wasn't watching it because, you know, oh, I wish, you know, these people were more relatable or you know, more no. gay or whatever. I, I wasn't watching it because of that. I watched it for the monsters and the animals and all that stuff. So it's just, again, just nothing is is going to be un left untouched from this crowd. They want to go after everything, especially things that uh, kids are exposed to. Well, James, Bishop Sheen's quote of the day today fits right into this news item. Bishop Sheen says, the evil person insistently wants to a recasting of values. And these are evil people that are doing this. And it'll be a quite frank, and I mean... <clears throat> Not just in the secular world, we have evil people in the church running to recast the values of contraception, abortion, homosexuality. And, you know, I wanted to call it evil, but when I saw that the venerable Fulton Sheen calls these people evil, I feel very comfortable calling those individuals evil people because what they're really doing is they're distorting, distorting the truth of the gospel. Yeah, Terry, and that, that kind of leads right into the second story I want to bring up, which is really, I think— one of, if not the biggest story we have today. Yeah. Most Catholics, this is an EWTN poll. I saw uh, it, yeah. In partnership with Trafalgar. Mm -hmm. Most Catholics are, want to have some restrictions on abortion. Now, on its face, if you look at that through a secular lens, that doesn't sound horrible. But if you look at that through a authentic Catholic lens, like we do. Yes. That is extremely concerning. And mm -hmm. I looked at the poll myself. It is a large number of Catholic voters who are saying, uh, well, yeah, I think abortion should be illegal only after this point or only in cases of this and this. And they, they just come up with all these exceptions. That is an extremely concerning oh, yeah. fact. These are Catholic voters that are saying this. And if you look at both sides of the spectrum, more people are actually saying abortion should be totally legal whenever the mother wants to kill her child. A very, very small percentage, actually the smallest percentage, say no abortion whatsoever under any circumstances. That is the authentic Catholic teaching. Yeah. And the, the smallest amount of, of Catholics who are voting agree with that statement. That's, that's extremely concerning to me. You know, it should be, and I always say it this way, James— Who's influencing who? Is the world influencing the church more than the church influencing the world? And I have to say right now, James, the world is influencing the church in a very bad way because we're thinking very, very secular, in, even among clergy and also lay Catholics, because the world has been infiltrating the church for decades, and we've been slowly being boiled. And this is an example. I mean, I'd like to see this that 54% of Catholics want abortion banned, I would list 100%, but the point I'm trying to convey is we're not influencing uh, the world enough because the truths of the gospel aren't being boldly proclaimed. And that's what yeah. you're doing right now. Well, Terry, I mean, you look at the... Uh the synodal way in oh. Germany or, or the, like the big, the synod on synodality yeah. or the synodalness of synods. I mean, the, the whole, the whole point of that, of those seems to be, you know, catering to what the world or the culture is saying and then changing church teaching based on what 
the world is saying. I mean, that's exactly, it, right. It's exactly right. I mean, among the clergy, it seems like they're wanting to defer to the world more than to God and the teachings of the Catholic Church. And just another like brief poll here I want to mention oh, about contraception. Tell us. Most mass-going Catholics are saying that they don't think that uh, contraception is morally wrong. And if you think about it, I mean, how many of those mass-going Catholics that, you know, are Our Lady of whatever, you know, the average sure. church in, you know, the suburbs, most Catholics that go to that church are probably just walking up to communion. And they hold, I don't know if they're maliciously holding this belief or if they just weren't taught or what, but that's, that's a big thing. I mean, <laughs> the clergy should be looking at this and going, what? We got, we got some work to do. We got a lot of work to do. But they're not doing that, as, as you said, Terry. Well, you know, I can tell you from experience of 42 years of evangelization, I've seen priests, I've seen lay people, when they find out the truths, even Jesse Romero, he and his wife found out about contraception through one of our family conferences, and it changed the way they thought about bringing forth new life, and they went, hey, this is not right. But I'm, why didn't someone tell us this years ago when we got married? Why was it that when we got married, the priest said, what form of contraception are you going to use? What? Terry, yes. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest, Terry. Even I was shocked when I got to church militant how much I didn't know about Catholic moral teaching. There you go. And this is why we have this attitude. So we need to do what we can for as long as we can. Hey, we've got one more story before we let you go, James. Yeah. What's that? This is more in the political atmosphere. Uh, Tony Bobolinsky, uh, I don't know if you remember him from oh, yeah. a couple of years ago, uh, he came out and, and made shockwaves yep. uh, among the media about the Hunter Biden story because he was uh, obviously a close associate of Hunter Biden. Right. And he's saying that from right from the horse's mouth that Joe Biden was a, quote, chairman of uh, Hunter Biden's business dealings overseas with China and, and Ukraine. Wow. And uh, the stuff he's saying, I mean, he was on Tucker, I think, a couple yeah. uh, days ago or maybe even last night. Um, he's The stuff he's saying is, is quite damning to the whole, uh, that, that, that whole business, I guess you could say, of Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden, and uh, James Biden, Hunter, uh, I'm sorry, Joe Biden's brother. Wow. So he's even saying that I would... Me, Tony Bobolinsky, I would I would have verified the laptop story that came out in 2020 if Facebook and Twitter actually did their job and looked at that story and said, hmm, we should probably look into this more before they just put the X on it and and move it along. Obviously, Twitter completely banned it. You couldn't even share it. And then Facebook wow. had their own way of dealing with it. But yeah, the stuff he's saying is is quite quite damning to the Biden family there. Well, now that it's quite damning, I just heard that uh, unelected Biden said just this week that he's going to run again. How how much of this information is going to affect uh, uh, his uh, exposure now that this is all coming out? I hope it's going to really expose to, to people that this guy, Joe Biden, is really not the guy we need. But you tell me, what, what will this do for the next Terry, year's election? Terry, I, it, it should. I mean, the, yeah. the American people should know the full story. Good. But... I actually just wrote a story tonight mm -hmm. about a like conglomerate of these research analytic groups and these like uh, social media groups mm -hmm. 
are teaming together to try and do the same thing in 2022 that they did in 2020. No surprise. They, they want to target these stories. They, they, they team up with the feds mm -hmm. and target these stories on social media or on the internet and flag them. Wow. And then it's up to the, the big tech company what they want to do with that story, which is usually obviously suppress wow. and uh, silence everybody. So, I mean, I hope that, <laughs> that it changes, Terry, but... It is certainly not looking like it. Well, it's not going to change unless the error is exposed with truth. And that's what you're doing at Church Militant is proclaiming the truth of what's going on in our country and in our church so that the truth can be proclaimed even louder. So, James, I want to thank you for every Wednesday coming on Virgin Most Powerful Radio because we have, we have a similar goal. And it's what Fulton Sheen said. He said that if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls are not saved, nothing is saved. And that's what you and, and the Virgin Most Powerful continually try to do is think of the long-term gain, and that is the salvation of souls. And I thank you for your commitment to that, my brother. Thank you very much, Terry. God love you. Wow, James, you guys got to watch that. That's tonight, 7 o'clock, I think, our time, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, um, East Coast, every, every day. I don't get a chance to see it every day because I'm kind of a busy dude, but uh, you can always watch it later, too. They don't, you don't have to watch it on live uh, you know, TV. I want to thank all of you here. I mentioned that we're short a little bit of $7,000. Uh, my engineer says, huh, that's hardly any money compared to, uh, well, the listenership. If everybody just put in a, a, a dollar, we would be caught up easily. But if you'd like to help us out right now, we had a, a slow month on donations. And it probably was because I was sick and I wasn't hitting the bushes. But I'm, I'm doing a, I'm getting better. You can tell that. I got my, I'm getting my energy. I'm not 100%, but... Thank you, Jesus, for all that I could offer up. But I want to encourage you to go to our website, vmpr.org. That's virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And if you want to make a one-time donation, it's tax-deductible. Or if you want to make a $25 or more monthly donation, become a monthly donor. That really helps us because I'm the knucklehead who writes the checks to pays the bills. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're a little short. We'd love to have you help us out a little if you can. Uh, I don't add, you notice we don't do fundraising every three months? No. We do fundraising when we need it. And I just call people and I say, are you in a position to help us? Yes or no? Thank you so much. I don't appreciate I appreciate it even if you can't. Keep us in your prayers. That's a soft approach, isn't it? I think you might like that. If Jesse was here, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? He'd say, state of grace, Terry. Get to the sacraments. Get to that box. In other words, get the confession at least once a month. Also, pray your rosary every single day for world peace. We are at the brink of a world third world war. And what are we doing? We get our rosaries out, folks. And remember thinking about our rosary, Our Lady of Fatima. She said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Are we willing to make sacrifices for the salvation of souls? I hope you say yes, because I am. Every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Up next, Matt Arnold's show, No Nonsense Catholicism. Stay with us, family. May God richly bless you and your family.